Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Ron Little of Wolfden Resources. They're a miner, junior miner on the TSXB, chasing zinc and lead and silver and copper and gold. Uh, he talks to us about doing uh, business in Maine. And if you want to hear our thoughts and uh, feedback on that discussion and the company, you can get that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find market commentary from experts from around the world, company reports, uh, summaries from other interviews that we have done, and a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other. And if you go now, there's a seven-day free trial. Enjoy the podcast. Ron, how are you doing, sir? Very good, Matt. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, So where are you joining us from today? Uh, Joining you from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Ontario, Canada. I've never been there. What's Ottawa like as a town, city? That's a small town compared to Toronto, Montreal. We're kind of between the two. So to promote mining, I do have to venture out of Ottawa. So what's Ottawa known for? It's like technology, isn't it? Is that your thing? It is, yeah. No, in fact, as far as investors go, there's a bit of a analog between you know, the tech and the mining as far as a risk appetite. But uh, I don't really over-promote here in town. Uh, you know, People still think of Briex, ironically, and... There was, I think, quite a few investors in those days. So when I started up previous juniors, I sort of had to keep it, uh, you know, to the cities where people are focused on mining. Yeah, yeah, I got Briax. There's, yeah. there's a blast from the past. Um, well, yeah. look, why don't we kick off and you give us that one minute overview of the business, then we'll pick it up from there. Sure. So Wolfton uh, was really started up by Ewan Downey seven years ago, and I only joined three years ago when he picked up uh, the Pickett Mountain project in Maine. So his focus was always polymetallic, like Wolfton number one, which had a huge success finding actually a very similar grade deposit in the territory. So Pickett Mountain represents really one of the highest grade deposits in the United States, in North America, really, that has any chance, I think, of being developed in the next five years. And I think, you know, what we need the market to understand is this is a high margin asset, even though it's only 20% precious metals, it's so high grade that even in lower metal prices, this is going to be an economic deposit. So. We're trying to explore it while we're trying to build it. We're the first guys back in Maine. So we're actually pre-permitting to show people that, you know, this is, Maine is open for business. Meanwhile, we try to make it bigger. Okay, fantastic. Like, um, okay, that kind of gives people a bit of color as to what you're trying to do. Uh, where were you before before you turned up here three years ago? Uh, Wolf, uh, I was with Orzone uh, as really the founder back in, been so long ago now, I forget, like 1996. And, uh, you know, within a year ended up in Burkina Faso and never had been. And we turned Orzone into, I'd say, one of the better success stories in West Africa um, and uh, had fun there finding and developing mines. So, you know, very much I'm a guy who wants to build something if I can, but if a bigger company wants to buy us out and that's the best thing for shareholders, we can do that too. Okay, so I'm, I want to get into the business model. I usually kind of get stuck into that fairly quickly. Um, but there's a, there's a few kind of outliers here which I would need to understand a little bit better. So Maine, how well is that known for mining? Because I never really kind of considered it as a destination for miners. 
Yeah, and it's not re- it's not known for mining. People think of Maine as as you know lobster and timber, and and for mining guys, you're better to think of the timber, because we're actually in the timber business too, by default. Uh, Northern Maine is basically like Canada. It's timber and moose and and all things wild, and uh, the geology there is really an extension of the world famous camp in New Brunswick. So it. It is well endowed. It has huge potential, and it's underexplored, and that's why we're there. We've picked up what was discovered by Getty Oil in the 80s, and as Maine probably went green before New Brunswick did, meaning you needed exploration permits in the in the 80s and 90s. Everybody in Canada now needs those permits, but under the new mining code, Maine's actually said you don't need all those little permits anymore. So it's actually made it more efficient for us to explore. Okay, because I'm looking at the share price um, from 2017, 2018. Obviously, end of 2017, share price you know went rocketed up and then kind of fell back down as quickly as, as it rose. Was that off the back of this new mining code or was it the back of a new project in Maine? What, what was the driver for that? So I can understand the history. Yeah, no, two things why it went up. Um, they announced that they picked up this high-grade project that, you know, shows enough tonnage to build a mine, really. And and number two, the zinc price was still on Aurora, right? Like the zinc price was heading towards $1.60, and everybody was pretty euphoric on base metals. Then the next year, metal price sank back down to a dollar. And, you know, we didn't discover a brand new lens with the first few drill holes. So I think the shine came off on the exploration, the immediate exploration upside while the metal price was going down. Okay. And what brings on to the second component there, which is zinc. The world of zinc over the last few years, is, as you say, it's been a tricky ride, especially the last 12 months. It's, it's popped back up again. Um, is that getting you additional interest, renewed interest? I think I think the base metal companies are coming back to life because gold's had such a good run, right? And and on a percentage basis, zinc really went up forty percent in the last three four months. So I think we present the better value opportunity than a gold story because we don't have that attention. So I think the the real you know the the long time mining investor who's uh, done well, has said, I've, I've, I've made some big profits on the gold stocks. I'm going to take some of that and, and, and put it into some junior base metal names. Right. So I think that's why we've had our sort of 10 cent to 30 cent rise as well. Right. So, and then coming on to this, because you use the phrase quite a lot, you use quite new mining code. I mean, how new is it? You, you said it's simpler, but what's the big deal about it being new? Yeah. So the the I would say the issue with the old code was you really couldn't, or the bigger companies, you know, couldn't see the finish line. You know, if you have any doubts that you're actually going to get the permit, then you turn and invest elsewhere. The new code streamlined the process to being two years, which included the baseline work and a feasibility study, which is what every mine development goes through. And they basically said, if you do that and tick the boxes, you'll get your permit. So that that in itself underpins the 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 whole rationale of going to Maine is that, you know, it seems that it's open for business. And then uh, the second part is, you know, there are some negatives that come with a new code. Unfortunately, they banned open pit mining, which made no issue with this project because it's a high grade underground ore body. 
Right. And uh, the second negative would seem that they they you know imposed automatically always a dry stack tailings, which in our case again is not an issue because we would have put the dry stack in anyway. Right. And so the final outlier for me, and we'll get stuck into the project after this, I promise, um, was, and you've alluded to it already, you're sort of, by default, a, a timber company as well. It's contributed a little bit yeah. of revenue to you guys. And I've seen this once before in Guinea, where they they uh, took up some land and uh, chopped down a lot of hardwood in their case, which afforded them the ability to build a quite significant airport. So I, I know it's a nice idea. So uh, tell us how you came up with it. Well, the, the property was held by, uh, let's say, a, a timber trust, an investment, and it was being harvested on an annual basis. And so when they sold it to us, they said, well, you know, you got to buy the, the remaining timber. So we did that. And, and for the first two years, we had both of our neighbors who are timber families uh, basically harvesting the wood on an ongoing basis. And with our share price down at the end of 2019, I approached both of them and said, how about we treat this like mining guys would and we sell that timber to you forward. You can keep harvesting it every year as you're doing, but we get some money up front and we can keep drilling. So we essentially sold 5 million worth of timber for four and a half and got 3 million up front. And that totally financed our ongoing drill program without issuing a share. Okay, it's, it's fascinating yeah. actually, um, and a nice contribution. So, how much did it contribute to the bottom line? Uh, Three million US this year, right? Okay, and uh, and then we get another million and a half in the coming years. So, uh, you know, and, and the only unfortunate part is there's only so many trees. I was about so, to say, you know, <laughs> you know, there might be another million left in five years, but you know, we're the big numbers aren't, uh, yeah. you know, are, are behind us. Okay, so but it, it's 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 obviously non-dilutory contributions was the bottom line to you know, let you get on to do what you want to do, which is yeah. uh, deliver your business plan. So let, let's get on to your business plan. So you, you've you've talked about what you're chasing. It's it's a, it's a zinc lead project. Uh, there are some byproducts in, in copper and gold and silver too, but the zinc is where you're at and in today's market i guess you don't mind telling that story a year ago perhaps wasn't such a strong story so what have you set out to try to do what did you and set out to try to do and what have you been brought in to try and solve so the the ore body sits in a 30 kilometer belt and typically these ore bodies there's there's either many lenses or many deposits over that kind of a distance so we felt that Getty as the previous owner, Getty Chevron, they really didn't fully test the belt. So the first goal is to drill around the two lenses that are there to see if there's another one nearby. And then of course you understand the, the ore body better. You know, these things are laid down in an old ocean basin and then they're tipped sideways. So as you drill it, you start to figure out, you know, what's the underlying architecture. And then that helps you find the next lens of the next door body. So we're still in that stage. We've hit some holes and we're finding out, you know, really sulfidized and altered material. So we're feeling like we're getting close to finding something. In the meantime, we said, let's let's start to push this deposit through the permitting hoop because there's enough there for a 10-year mine life already. And that's kind of the underlying you know, key point the market doesn't understand is this thing's already a mine to be built. By making it bigger, it's it's probably just promoting a, a takeover premium. 
because it's it's the equivalent to a one million ounce gold deposit that you'd mine a hundred thousand ounces a year, and that's usually a pretty good analogy for most gold investors. Okay, and that's that's a, that's a nice start. So, but but what do you want to do? Do you want to build this thing out to show people it its scale? Because you're talking about high grade. Okay, you've made that point. You've made it well. Which is the fact that it's you know significant well one of the most significantly high grade zinc projects in North America okay and at today's prices that should suggest that you could well in fact what do you know about the economics um, what do you think you know about the economics well we just put the PEA out uh, just over a week ago and I think to sum it up you know the mine has an all-in sustaining cost of under forty cents a pound in zinc, right? So we haven't seen zinc price ever go there in the last few decades. So, you know, when you have 10 years of life in front of you now with that kind of a price, it shows you it's high margin. And of course, if you can make it bigger, you're, you're, you can now expand the size because we've really only, we're proposing a permit for a very small capacity, which is 1200 tons a day. If you find one more lens, you can push it to 2000, really without changing the design at all. You know, you're gonna have slightly more tails left behind, but you know, the economics almost double with just an incremental increase in the, in the, in the daily tonnage, right? Right, but if I look at that, and that's why I wanted to ask you about the economics. The economics to me sound good. It, it's a PEA, it's early stage, you know, plus or minus 30% yeah. uh, on that. But people use that as a chance to sell off. I mean, because you haven't seen these, these prices since, crikey, early 2018, right? So, uh, to, to, to 19, yeah. I should say. So there's a bit of a sell-off recently because I think since since about the 10th of June, you've you've doubled it, doubled your share price. Do you think that's a fair and reasonable reaction from the marketplace or should they be looking deeper into the numbers that you announced in your PEA? Yeah, no, I, I you know, to back up your point, I, you know, I don't think this was just a, a sell-off on the PEA. We announced literally the day the market started to crumble in general. Every stock started selling off when we announced that news. And when I look back at it now, it was like a bit of a perfect storm was that there was liquidity. And as you said, guys who bought in maybe even at 10 cents had a chance to get out and say, hey, you know, I don't like where COVID's going. I don't like where the election in the U.S. is going. I'm going to take some money off the table. You know, all of the long-term investors, including our two biggest ones, Skinross and Altius, I've got no indication from them that, you know, they're sellers, in fact, more they're supporters of what we're doing because of the economics. Yeah, it's, it's hard, to, hard to know what the, what, what the big guys do, right? <laughs> you know, they what they tell you is, and what they do is usually uh, never closely correlated. I mean, so you know, how are they um, shareholders? I mean, they're obviously just legacy shareholders or have they actually put cold hard cash in recently? No. No, no. Altius, Altius was really critical to buy the property. So they single-handedly, they put up essentially $8 million, uh, to buy this property, right? And, and they, they own a small royalty and they're, they're an insider. So they, they, they can't sell a share without reporting it. Um, and their chief geologist is, um, you know, he's, he's one of the top 10 out there that knows these kind of deposits, did his thesis on it. Uh, Buckins in Newfoundland is the deposit and it's a real analog to what we have at Bickett Mountain because we're in the same belt and they had seven lenses. We've only found two so far. Uh, Kinross, they looked at this in the original days and said, we love high profit underground mines. 
you know, we could use some diversity with our metals and there's enough precious metals to make it interesting. So they're there too. They're in, both of them are engaged on the geology and trying to help us find more. What, so, what do you mean, like, Kim Ross were involved in the, from the early days? What, what date are we talking about? Oh, sorry. Like they came in a year and a half ago in March. They, they okay. invested at 20 cents a share, no warrant, came in on the basis that, you know, it's in our backyard. We like the grade. You know, I've got a, you know, a, I'd say a, a relationship with the senior management. They know the kind of work that you and I do. So they're supporters, uh, you know, and they look at it as, you know, we look, they like our business plan. And if we double the size of this, they'd likely buy us. If we don't, they know this is a solid investment. What, what are you, 28 million market cap Canadian? Yeah, about, about right. that. Th that. That's a company of size and note for them, is it? Not at all. Well, I mean, it's, it's not about the company. It's about the project, right? There's not many projects of this grade with upside sitting on a highway with all the local infrastructure. And, you know, they did the same thing with the Buckhorn mine in Washington state. You know, if they go on to say this was our most profitable mine and it wasn't huge, but it made the most money. And that, that underscores, you know, a lot of these bigger companies, they're still all about margins, right? Yeah, for, for, for sure. So yeah. what, what do you, why do you think there's a disconnect between that and what the market is giving you credit for? Well, back to where we are, you know, everybody still doubts is the new mining code real is main open for business. That's still going to take time. You know, this is why the rezoning application that we're under now, if we can get that approved by mid next year, it's a huge milestone for us because it's effectively a mini mine permit application. We still have a, a public meeting and a public hearing. So if we're going to see any major intervention, we'll see it in this process. Uh, then, of course, we, you know, the market still thinks generally 10 million tons is what you need as a base metal deposit, but they're not thinking at twice the grade. So to sell 5 million tons at 20% zinc equivalent is still, believe it or not, a bit of a challenge. And, and, and perhaps the only way we get there is finding another lens. So, you know, we're going to give them another lens is what we're after. Okay, and th has the market told you that? I mean, is it, or, or do you just think as geologists, as a technical guy, we need to find one? That's well, I'm actually glad you asked that question because it relates to seven well-known analysts that I took to the property in February 2018. Three of them launched, you know, within a month after getting back, you know, and those are basically Beacon, Canaccord, and Cormark. And the other four basically said, Ron, this is fantastic, but you know, it's still a Getty Chevron discovery and there's so much potential, you know, we're, you know, we've got a slightly more conservative network, you know, as soon as you find another lens, we're going to, you know, we're going to write you up. So there's, there's call it, if an analyst is telling me that, that's what the rest of the market's going to be telling me too. Yeah. Okay. I think, well, that's, that's kind of good feedback, good analysis. So like talking market cap, yeah. talking shareholders, et cetera, can it gives a, an idea of your financial position at the moment? You raised some money back in January, about 3 million bucks uh, through the timber sale. Um, how much have you got left? When do you need to raise capital next? Yeah, we're probably sitting at about 2 million Canadian, the treasury now. Uh, the drilling program will take us into October, November, and we'll still have over a million in the, in the treasury at that point in time. Naturally, we're hoping that we're gonna tie into a new lens as part of this drill program. 
and then we would you know want to extend that program and finance it based on it on the extension okay because you, you've been flying uh, mag over the area i mean how, how do you go about targeting um you know zinc lenses i mean i, I don't know enough about it to to, to comment so what, what, what's the process you're going through you don't seem to be burning through a lot of cash which i guess is great but at the same time it suggests that not much is happening you could you could argue well, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, we're we're spoon feeding the drill program because of one drill, right? So uh, again, it's it's let's let's def, let's test a few of the targets we've defined, and a lot of it comes down to you'd mentioned the airborne survey. We flew the thirty kilometers. You look for a lookalike target. We've gone onto the ground to to test which ones are worth targeting, and we've had to talk to some of our neighbors as well, who are the timber companies to say we would like to go and drill a couple of targets on your ground. So we're, we're out to option some of their mineral rights, right? So we're going to expand eventually into the full belt, not just what's onto our property, but we're still working our way through, you know, let's call it a dozen targets that are right on our property. So yes, we're not going as fast as the current and patient market would like to see us, but you know we're scientific guys. You got a yeah, you know a relatively small balance sheet, and we're trying to you know create the most value with the little amount of money at the moment. Yeah, you've got a big team. You you are you are quite technical guys, and you're going about it probably the right way. Do you do you feel that? I mean, who's the market guy? Would you say on here? I mean, I know I know Scott, who's an advisor, and we we've spoken with you in a couple of times. Um, but, but who's the market facing guy? Well, it's really Raheem and I that are Raheem Laka is is really you know he and I are the market face. Other than you and Downey, who by default you know he's he's CEO of Premier Gold, and I'd say maybe one out of three or four meetings they're going to say, well, what's going on with our little Wolfton story, right? So you know, in reality, he might still be the biggest promoter of the story because he's founded it, and this is you know he's still still involved in a big shareholder. Yeah, okay. So look, P- PEA's happened, you got one drill going, you, you've done a bit of airborne, um, great. But it, 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 as you say, the market kind of wants more and you're, you're trying to tell the story of you know how rich this is and it's a high margin project, et cetera, but you're moving at a pace which maybe is not taking advantage of this market uh, at the moment. So, I mean, do you need to go and raise more money and take, in, take advantage of what has been up until the last sort of week and a half? quite an exciting frothy market really and i think that people do believe that this kind of this little setback we've gone through it was expected but it's going to get frothier for base metals real soon for battery metals real soon so why don't you be a bit more aggressive yeah i have heard that story before and you know to your point you know three weeks ago the market was a lot frothier than it is now right um, you know, we've, we continue to have corporate interest as well, not just from the two guys that we've got at the table. So, you know, we're, we're not guys to sit around and, and just sort of, and wait, you know, there's, you know, there's always something going on in the background and, and certainly, you know, we're going to be as aggressive as we can within reason. Again, caveat is sensitive to over diluting the company. So, uh, you know, all I can tell you is stay tuned for, for more to come on that front. Okay. No, but I'm just trying to get a picture of the, of the kind of team you've got here. You know, are you cautious? Yeah. Are you aggressive? Are you, you know, have you got a view of the market that's, you know, setting the tone here? 
Um, or is it just the way you guys have always done it? It's worked before, it'll work again. I mean, that, that, that's what I'm, I'm just trying to get a sense, sense of, you know, the conversations that you guys have. I mean, do you debate these various options or is it you've made your mind up? It's a set course, set process. How's it, how's it work? No, I would say uh, we've got a balance between very aggressive exploration and development, right? You know, uh, maybe by now you've pictured that, you know, I maybe wear the development hat, the mining hat. Guys like you and Irv have made, you know, really made their success with exploration. And, you know, when you're trying to, you know, the stock has moved and, and the last thing investors want to find out, in my opinion right now, as they come in, and invest because the PEA is underscored to huge value, and then they get whacked with a large financing that dilutes them down. So, to me, it's that balance of you know when do we do the next deal? How's it going to be? Who's it going to be with? But certainly, we're definitely out to explore and you know ring the bell, as it were. We, in reality, fifty percent more reserves or a mineable reserve than what was the mineable resource in the PEA still underscores a much bigger, more robust project than the PEA shows. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, we, we find 50% more is still going to be a huge upside for the story. Okay, so there's exploration upside in, in, in this. You talk yep. in the PowerPoint uh, about securing additional high-grade pro high projects. Is that through the drill bed, or are you talking about securing additional properties in the region? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that as well. Like we've we have been actually working on other acquisitions, and. Some of them are, you know, Maine is, Maine is unique in the fact that it's all mineral rights. You don't go stake a claim from the government. And we've found some of the properties that we like have mineral rights that have been, you know, uh, passed on in a, in a will or a trust. And to get the final piece can be very long and, and, and slow as you track down who owns them and try to get them to commit to what everybody else is committed to. So uh, I'd say a small negative in the short term, but there are other quality assets that will eventually be, be a part of our portfolio. I bet they're cheap. No one, no one wants to be in Maine, do they? It sounds like. So far, <laughs> I would say, you know, you know, it's funny when you, you'd ask that because I thought, you know, I'm going to get on here and really promote how great Maine is, but we're really enjoying being the only guys there, right? Like, we do have that 30 kilometer belt and fortunately that's given us a lot of time to build up a great rapport with the local people and the local companies you know our next door neighbor is one of the bigger timber families in the states and and i would say he's gotten comfortable with the mining guys that have come to town and i think that's really going to do us well in the permitting process because we're we're, we're being good custodians and we're hiring local people first. And, you know, we're trying to we're trying to be Maynards here, even though we're deemed a Canadian company. You know, we're going to end up building an American subsidiary, right? Like everybody we try to hire here from here forward is going to take the company towards a U.S. company, right? Do you like lobster? Yeah. <laughs> I do like lobster. The lobster rolls are fantastic, but you know, we are about three hours from the coast. So I don't want people to get the idea that we're laying on the beach and eating lobster rolls. That sounds like a nice yeah. life to me. Um, people look wrong. I mean, that's a really nice run through. So it's, look, first time we've spoken or, or indeed heard this story, uh, although we do know you in uh, reasonably well. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. You, you kind of with the PEA coming out, um, I think the numbers 
sound or they're indicative of the potential there. You do need to find that that next lens, it sounds like to me. Uh, and you've got a process in mind as to how you're going to go about doing that. So look, I look forward to catching up with you soon. Um, what, do you, what do you think the rest of this year holds for you in terms of news flow? Well, we've, we've already drilled... Um you know, over a half a dozen holes and roughly hit on half of them. So there's, you know, the, the labs are still slow or it's about an eight week turnaround. So I would say every two to three weeks moving forward, we're going to put out results on the sulfide, you know, zones that we've hit, you know, and the caveat here is that we've still been testing around the limits of the current ore body. And one point we didn't touch on is that it's still open at depth. But the, it gets much more expensive to drill those deeper holes. So sort of the final plan on drilling is just to keep drilling and following the high grade deeper, which normally on these deposits, it goes deeper. But we'd truly rather find something close to surface, which is much more economic. But that's still in our back pocket. Um, and so... Uh, you know, there'll be bits on the news. We hope to get a public meeting before Christmas on the rezoning. And that in itself, if it goes well, is an underscore that, you know, Maine's open for business. But I think the market's going to wait till, you know, we get a we get an approval or not on the rezoning before they really get comfortable that Maine's open for business. You think, so what, what do you think the timing is on the rezoning? We may get a public meeting before Christmas and then they'll debate that until Q1. And so I'm, I'm basically saying, you know, be patient till Q2 because of COVID, things take time. Public meetings will might even be a Zoom call. Uh, we're in a bit of a different era at the moment, trying to run events that were normally face to face. Okay, but business yeah. as usual till then. Okay, look, um, yeah. Ron, appreciate that. Thank you so much for introducing the company to us. I'd love to catch up with you again. Pick up the phone when there's some news, please. Excellent. Thanks very much, Matt. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.